Welcome back. Happy Friday, June 3rd, 2022. It's National Donut Day. Uh, If you want me to do my uh, lecture on manners and donuts, I'm happy to do that. But first, my monologue. I guess by way of default, this became Mental Health Week. It's been on a lot of people's minds, and it's been in a lot of the left's crosshairs and gaslighting. My favorite quote of the week, meaning my exemplar of asininity and unseriousness, belongs to your U.S. Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, saying yesterday when asked about Department of Education statistics showing dramatic rises in mental health problems in school students, he said this, quote, I am ashamed that we as a country are becoming desensitized to these horrific tragedies. He's talking about Uvalde. We can do better and must do better. He and his team created, distributed, and applied the desensitizing social anesthetic with caustic and callous policies that brooked zero toleration for dissent, even going to the point of banning and censoring dissent. As early as May of 2020, a former Secretary of Education, William Bennett, and myself wrote an op-ed for Fox News. May of 2020, you can still get it. We wrote the following. H.G. Wells once said human history becomes more and more race between education and catastrophe. Closing our schools out of fear of COVID-19 is a catastrophe. As more and more fear of the coronavirus was spreading throughout March, schools started to close indefinitely. By the middle of March, half of America's nearly 57 million elementary and secondary students had their daily routine, educational and social life turned upside down. Schools were closed and in short order, All of our nation's children were furloughed. As the evidence became clearer that children were far more affected by other and worse problems for them than the coronavirus, the schools should have opened up. The closings have caused and will cause even more social damage for a great many of these children and their parents than the coronavirus ever would. All to protect children from a disease that will not directly affect them. Again, we wrote this in May of 2020. Which reminds me of what Heather McDonald said on the show a few months ago. Everything we needed to know about public policy and the coronavirus, we knew three months into the virus in 2020. Because of the scare, Bennett and I continued, we have radically upended our children's educational and social lives. As former New York Times reporter Alex Berenson put it, the idea that we are denying children an education and in some cases we're sticking children at home with abusive or drug-using parents and they can't be seen by other adults right now is disgusting to me because children are not at risk here, close quote. We concluded our op-ed by writing, for all our children, whatever their circumstances, the race between education and catastrophe should not end for the 2020 school year with catastrophe winning. We were not alone. But we were few. I cited Eleanor McCann's cats a couple of days ago. She was the first assistant secretary for mental health, and she served under the Trump administration, Ph.D. in epidemiology, M.D. in psychiatry. She said this in May of 2020, May, same month Dr. Bennett and I wrote our op-ed. She wrote, the research literature is clear on the effects of quarantine and stay-at-home practices on mental health. We know that the longer the duration of these orders, the greater the intensity of the mental health problems experienced. We also know that these systems persist for years to come, even once quarantine is lifted. The data tells us that when the lives of adults, children, and families are drastically changed for extended lengths of time, for many, anxiety, depression, and stress disorders will become manifest and persistent. These are the real health conditions with potentially long-lasting consequences that must be taken seriously, 
close quote. And this, what she said and wrote, was literally banned on social media. Today, the debate is what to do about school violence. The president and the House and Senate Democrats continue to blame Republicans for not taking the issue seriously. But they were the ones who smashed the bottle and now complain that the genie is homeless. COVID, it turns out, was a very privileged disease, given all we turned upside down over it and just what it was and is we focus on as for our national attention now. Try this on for size. I bet no one knows this. There are more teen drug overdose deaths or just drug use deaths than all youth COVID deaths. Total COVID deaths from 2020 to 2022 in the 0 to 17 age cohort is 1,086. That's over the course of two and a half years. About 434 deaths per year. We shut down all schools for that, unless the point was to convulse kids to soothe the anxieties of adults. But guess what? Illegal drugs harm and kill more children than COVID ever would. Kill more of them. And we do nothing, literally nothing. Here are your numbers. There were 492 adolescent overdose deaths in 2019 and 954 in 2020, with the data showing another 1,146 last year. Note, it's actually increasing. Drugs have killed about twice the number of children as COVID. The president spoke of, and all of Washington was consumed with, gun killings in schools for the past two weeks. In a bad year, we lose 51 children in school shootings. Most years hover in the 20-something range. In other words, tragic as all of it obviously is, illegal drug use kills more children than school shootings by a factor of about 20. C.S. Lewis is still my go-to. The use of fashions and thought is to distract men from their real dangers. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices, which it is in the least danger, and fix its approval on the virtue that is nearest the vice, which we are trying to make common. The game is to have them all running around with fire extinguishers when there's a flood and all crowding to the side of the boat, which is already nearly gunnel under. Why is this so hard and so ignored? And yes, by the way, the most recent school shooting in Uvalde was an illegal drug-using assassin, though the New York Times took that out of the story about him. So why is it ignored? My friend, Dr. David Murray, who used to work at the Office of National Drug uh, Control Policy, postulates that to look at the drug issue drives the debate to things the culture and the left does not want to talk about. Protecting the border, gang homicides, cartels destabilizing Mexico, legalized marijuana, harm reduction, safe injection facilities, the impacts of drugs on vulnerable communities and COVID lockdowns. So what do you do? When you have this great or greater threat to our children and the inmates want to fully ignore it to instead attack a symptom that is itself embraced and protected by clear constitutional dictate. Well, if you're a Democrat, you say the rights in our Constitution, all of them are not absolute, as President Biden said exactly last night. I wonder if he's ever read the 13th or 14th Amendment or any of them, really. The ban on slavery and guarantees of equal protection is not, are not absolute. Go tell that to your next audience that constitutes a racial or ethnic or religious minority and see how you're received. Here's the perfect proscenium of the left. 
disregard and diminish actual constitutional rights and invent and protect fabricated ones. One congressman said yesterday, quote, spare me the BS about constitutional rights, except he didn't use the initials. Again, try that on the Fifth Amendment or the 13th or the 14th or whatever you invented under your so-called emanations and penumbras. What was wrought by the leftist and totalitarian school closings and youth COVID policies? Exactly what some of us predicted. See above. Tablet Magazine has assembled the data. Today, there is no shortage of articles and studies documenting the harm caused by COVID-19 school policies over the past two and a half years. The number of ER visits in 2021 by adolescent girls for suspected suicide attempts was 51% higher than during the same period the year before that. Skyrocketing violence statistics involving young men, including a spate of shootings, also traceable to mental illnesses exacerbated by the enforced isolation of COVID-19. There can be little question that closures permanently altered the relationship of many students to schools and authority. One survey found that the rate of chronically absent students nationwide is now 22 percent, which is nearly three times what it was before the school closures. To many doctors and scientists, the damages to kids caused by COVID-19 panic was neither inevitable nor surprising. Rather, it was the result of the public health establishment's conscious choice to eschew rational cost-benefit analysis in favor of pet culture theories and political gamesmanship. For those who applied the scientific method to the available evidence, the consequences were already clear just a few weeks into the pandemic. Quote, it was not at all true that people in healthcare and public health were unaware of what was going on with children, Dr. Gene Noble, professor of emergency medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, said. They were not ignorant. They were just ignored. Alex Gutentag at Tablet concluded, what happened to the United States children was not the result of an innocent mistake. It was the product of a concerted campaign of censorship and demonization of dissenting voices in support of premises that turned out to be wildly harmful to children. Scientists, doctors, and parents who urged schools to reopen based on available evidence were systematically ignored and silenced by politicians, public health bureaucrats, and legions of dedicated online COVID-19 activists, while the most vulnerable children in U.S. society suffered the consequences. And now we all do. You know what blaming others for your own sins is called? It's called scapegoating. And of course, per Leviticus, the scapegoat is sent away into the wilderness. That is the dramatic irony of this whole sad story and ongoing public and social policy disorientation. The wrong people are being banished and thus the wrong people are being listened to, in large part because, well, they have been consistently and routinely wrong and those who were right were silenced. There's an old African-American spiritual song based on another biblical passage. It's called We Shall Not Be Moved and We Shall Not be. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Your show, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth. Are your retirement funds safe from inflation or even a recession? We're seeing record losses on Wall Street. When your accounts drop in value, they lose money, which could take 10 or more years to make up if the market even does turn around. Can you afford that? I encourage you to consider the stability of physical gold from veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Gold traditionally holds its value when paper money systems fail. 
And the stock market is failing. Interest rates are rising and inflation continues to hit new highs. Traditional investments are losing money, but through thousands of years, gold has held its own. I recommend calling Midas Gold Group today to diversify your investments with physical gold and other precious metals with the only gold company I recommend. Safeguard your wealth with the Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com or give them a call at 480-360-3000. MidasGoldGroup.com. Seb Gorka and I are proud owners of precious gold and silver from Midas Gold Group. All right, this is a little tough. I want to run this by you. Uh, We're going to wrap up a lot of things today. Um, Brandon Weikert, who was with us this week, he's with us every week, flags a story from the national interest. China's spy drones are ready for deployment. Beijing's years of investment in drones are finally starting to pay off. That's the headline from the national interest. Brandon Weikert writes, and what are we doing to counteract this threat? We're having Gender Fluidity Diversity Day at the Department of Defense, of course. I thought, could he be exaggerating? No, he's not, and they're strutting about it. In fact, March 31st, just about a month ago, fact I'm reading from the White House, fact sheet, Biden-Harris administration advances equality and vis- visibility for transgender Americans. And it has a section, exactly so, for the Department of Defense. It does. It does. As a result of his executive order, the Department of Defense issued new policies which prohibit discrimination against transgender service members, provide a path for transgender service members to access gender-affirming medical care, and require that all transgender service members are treated with dignity and respect. No one would argue with the latter part, but is this what the Department of Defense is for, and why are they using it? Why are they using it? Tough thread. I want to run by you. Tell me if you think it's right. Uh, John ha- uh, Hayward wrote it, and uh, I, it, I, I, it was flagged for me by Matt Peterson over at the Claremont Institute. Uh, this is a, a Twitter thread uh, from a couple of days ago. Again, it's going to be tough, but I would love to know what you think. John Hayward writes, nobody involved will want to hear this, but all this Pride Month stuff blasting from every branch of the government and military plus every corporation and media outlet is totalitarian. It's the definition of totalitarianism. In fact, no escape political messaging. The character of totalitarianism does not change because the people pushing it are firmly convinced they are good people whose political messages are absolutely correct and could only be challenged by bad people. Every totalitarian thinks this way. It's basic operating system code. Totalitarianism is the politicization of everything, and one of its goals is to ensure its messages are inescapable. No one is allowed to resist or argue or even to ignore the approved message and peacefully get on with their lives. Everyone is required to care. The totalitarian totalitarian message blasts from every corner of life, floating in every nook and cranny, pumped into adults and children. You see it everywhere you look. Blind yourself and it will be pumped into your ears. There are no safe spaces from official narrative. A good way to see the full outline of totalitarian machinery is to imagine programming it with other messages, good ideas supported by the majority of the people, and imagine how the ruling class would howl with outrage. Only they get to decide what everyone must care about. 
The politicization of everything should not become more palatable because a given movement thinks it would be an effective way to spread good ideas and raise awareness. The First Amendment prohibition against state religion was, in part, an effort to head off that kind of thinking. A healthy society has room for everyone to express their ideas and also to choose which expressions they wish to listen to. It has political freedom and also freedom from politics. It's not just an endless scramble for control of an ideological bulldozer. You're getting it a lot in this very venue, in this very issue, on this very issue of uh, gender fluidity uh, and gender-affirming care. It's kind of interesting. I don't know how you have gender fluidity and gender-affirming. It's another example of words losing their meaning. Gender-affirming is about gender-changing. It's not about gender-affirming. It's about gender-changing or sex-changing. Um, that, that, that is the blasted uh, official narrative thing everyone must care about today. Uh, two years ago, it was obviously the Black Lives Matter situation and messaging. And it was, of course, everywhere. Everywhere. You couldn't avoid it. Now you notice it's just a little quieter on that front, isn't it? It's a little quieter on that front because those of us who were yelling fraud have turned out to be correct. Even Patrice Coulors now is admitting it was a mistake, perhaps. Perhaps, she says, it was a mistake to purchase her $6 million mansion that hosted parties for Joe Biden. Okay. All right. Now she can admit that. I suppose now a lot of admissions can be made because they served their service. They served their purpose. They served their duty just as the Washington Post and New York Times can now validate and verify the legitimacy of Hunter Biden's laptop, though it was actually legitimized at the time. It was just censored because it was right in front of an election. That's totalitarianism. That's altering an election. That's not democratic. That's a constitutional crisis. More to say about this when we come back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Here's another thing that struck me I wanted to review with you uh, this week. Uh, It's uh, a review uh, by Constantine uh, Kyson over at uh, Substack of uh, Matt Walsh's new documentary, What is a Woman? Are you familiar with this at all, Bill? Um, she, uh, uh, Constantine, sorry, he writes, I have probably met and interviewed more transgender people, gender-critical feminists, detransitioner, detransitioners, and people engaged in the trans debate than almost anyone. In preparation for these conversations, I've read extensively about the origins of gender ideology, the medical realities of transition, and the ideological underpinnings of this emerging phenomenon. And even so... Watching What is a Woman, a Daily Wire documentary by Matt Walsh, was shocking and informative. Why? Because while I am well acquainted with the arguments made by the different sides, it is the response to his polite questioning that brings out doctors, college professors, and even a sitting U.S. congressman in ways that are disturbing to say the least. Start with the medical professional. This is a dean at Brown University Medical School. Have you seen this? Have you heard this? This is quite amazing. This is Matt Walsh talking to um, a, 
medical professional, a dean and a and a and, a, and an MD uh, at at you know an Ivy League an Ivy League school. Uh, let me let me give you just a taste of this. Male gametes. That's what makes me male. No, your your sperm don't make you male. Then what does? It's a constellation. In reality, in truth, okay. Whose truth are we talking about? The same truth that says we're sitting in this room right now, you and I. No, you're not listening. If I if I see a chicken laying eggs and I say that's a female chicken laying eggs, did I assign female or am I just observing a physical reality that's happening in the world? Does a chicken have gender identity? Does a chicken cry? Well, Does chi- a chicken commit suicide? Let's frame it because you're talking. You're trying. Well, a chicken to, has sex like any like any biological organism. A chicken has organism. an assigned gender, but a chicken doesn't have a gender identity. So we assign female to chickens when they lay eggs. That's a, we that's, assume they're female if they lay eggs. We assume they're female if we. Lay eggs. And whose truth are you talking about? We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Um, this one is with a sitting U.S. congressman from California, Representative Mark Takano. Let's get into more specific policy issues. There, there are some women who say, and I've, I've talked to a few who say this, they say, hey, you know, I'd like some privacy in the bathroom. Uh, I'd prefer not to encounter you know, naked penises, frankly. Uh, they say even that the penis is a telltale sign that someone is a male. I mean, there, there are people who kind of really bought into the, to the rumor that um, only men have penises. What? How do we account for that? How do you respond to that? Um, well... Um, well, what I would say is that, uh, most transgender people, uh, that I know, um, and it's a very, I think, distinct minority of people. It's a very, it's a, it is a, it is a very, I think, uh, we're talking not about a lot of people. Um, I think a person who wants to use a woman's bathroom who identifies as transgender really does think of themselves as a female. So how we go about trying to, um, you know, uh, respect their basic right to live, I think will be an an important part of this law. And um, With the bathrooms, law. Well, wait a minute. Ba- bathrooms are, bathrooms are, you know, where you want to take this conversation instead of the basic right to just life is something that I'm kind of mystified that you're kind of not focusing on first. So we're going straight to the controversy over bathrooms. Um, hmm. So, you know what? I think this interview is over. Yeah, I think I think this interview is over. I just had one last question. Uh, well, I, 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 what, the interview is over. We want to know what, what is a woman? Please turn off the cameras. Excuse me. I, so we're going to end the interview. If you guys could please pack up and return the office exactly. I just wanted to know. Okay. I came all this way to know what. Thank you. Fair I just wanted to know what is a woman. And you're not going to find out. And you're not going to find out, California Congressman. Oh, there's more. Stay tuned. We'll share it with you. We'll be right back.
I want to let I want to dig a little deeper into what Matt Walsh is exposing because it does have real world consequences. As uh, as the congressman from California uh, was trying to say, uh, this is a, a meaningless debate. He's wrong. The Biden administration has just issued orders um, to schools on incorporating the kind of thing Matt Walsh was asking about. I don't know whether the California congressman is ill informed. Or if uh, he is simply trying to ignore the uncomfortable question because there is no comfortable answer. Of all the interviews that Matt Walsh released, this one is perhaps the most instructive. This is a professor. This is a college professor. This is uh, you know who you send unless you go to Hillsdale. Who you're the t- type of person you send your children to learn from. I'm not even talking about social context. I'm just I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of, like, g- getting to the truth. Again, in social why, why life... Is that, why is that uncomfortable? Because that, it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, <laughs> and, if truth? You, and, and if you keep probing, we're going to stop the interview. I, if I probe about what the truth is? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying how to is, you... How is the word truth condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is, and you're walking on... 30 seconds more of the nights before I get up. What, my truth? That we well, I'm not even talking about social context. He has to change the truth into his truth, and he finds that it's triggering for him to talk about anything considered the truth. Only my truth survives here. Now, I'm going to delve into this in just a few moments. Before I do, though, uh, it is Open Lines Friday, and any any anything you want to raise goes, and you are the most important voice on this show. So first, Mike in Maricopa. Hi, Mike. Yes, good afternoon, Seth. I know we got a very limited time. We're fine. We're fine. We're absolutely fine. Okay. Now, I've been listening to a lot of people comment about what's going on about this Uvalde, Texas deal, and a lot of times they're talking about, oh, look over at Hungary, look over at Ukraine, as these countries have been disarmed, and now it leaves them wide open for an invasion. But I don't think we have to go that far. We can look just south of our border in Mexico. I think you can – there's a misnomer. A lot of people think that you can't put a firearm down in Mexico, and that's really not true. You can own shotguns, 22s, things like that. You cannot have a military pattern a type of weapon so what they've done is effectively have disarmed the people and now not only are the only people with guns are the, the cartels right yeah and they're usually killing about 30,000 people on average every year down there uh, the, the next thing is is we have to ask what they want to ban uh, these certain categories of firearms yes. and then I have to ask it's what do they have planned uh, for the need to blame these, I'd steer you to, you know, everybody goes, oh, well, you just mentioned a little while ago of about uh, the Second Amendment's not absolute and things like that. But I would steer you to U.S. versus Miller, where it says in the end of that, that if the people are called, the militia is called up, they're expected to show up with modern firearms of their own purchase. Uh, we have to ask, you know, we can look around for some other responses. Yesterday, you had somebody that had posed a question of about somebody drinking and driving Uh, we don't you know ban fords or we don't go sue you know uh, jack daniels i'd also like to throw out this other one when back when we had the attacks on september 11th 2000 we we also don't confiscate the the cars of those who aren't arrested for drunk driving correct but we did back on at post september 11th we didn't ban planes 
uh, we didn't sue Boeing because all the four of the planes that were hijacked, because what it boils down to is people using legal and lawful items and or misusing those. But what was our response? We established TSA, where we would screen all the people getting on the airplanes, and we hardened the cockpits, just like people are talking about hardening the schools. That's right. And and the other part that I'd like to say in closing, uh, we have to be careful about this psychological warfare operation that's going on, because we all know that the Second Amendment was to protect the people from a tyrannical government. Right. And But the, the politicians, uh, they keep, uh, especially Biden, and I think it was the mayor, the governor of New York, they try to keep reducing this to hunting. They make statements about why do you need that for, because deers don't wear Kevlar, right. or or some uh, the government yeah it's York. an Aragno, it's a, a, a elenchi is 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 the latin phrase for this form of uh, this form of fraudulent argument uh this form of uh, fallacious logic uh logical fallacy mike they're answering an argument we're not making they they are responding they are making an argument in response to something we're not saying we are not saying Cor- we are not saying that the Second Amendment is important to us for hunting. Hunting is, of course, a natural right inherent in you know the entirety of our founding. It's not the reason there was a Second Amendment. Correct. Well, here's another example, and you know they want to talk about numbers and body counts, but I have here from the Border Patrol, they keep listings of assaults and batteries, burglaries, driving under the influence, homicide, and murder. Now, all during the Trump administration, they were in the twos and threes, but last year in 2021, uh, the murder rate for illegals murdering citizens, and these are convictions, it was 60, and this year, and this is for the fiscal year to date, and it's already up to 36. So, you know, they make a big deal of about, oh, this and that going on, but the border's wide open. The people are pouring in here, and assaults and entry and weapons possession and burglary. And more kids every year dying from the illegal drugs that are flowing from the border. More kids every year. More kids dying from that than school shootings. More kids dying uh, from that uh, than um, than uh, COVID. Uh, in fact, combined. Correct. In fact, combined. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and one other thing in closing, there, there's a new drug out here, and it's just as deadly as fentanyl, and it's something that's like isotonal something, and uh, it goes by the slang name of ISO. Or Tony, they've been calling it, but it's uh, can be pressed in the pills. It's just as deadly as yeah. It's one of these cursors, right? I think. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something new, but no. I mean, it's still you know this is there's still nothing new under the sun here. You know, you can go back um, eighty years and get it from C.S. Lewis. He saw it. He saw it. The use of fashions and thought is to distract men from their real dangers. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices which we are least danger. That that that's what's taking place here. That's what's taking place here. And I just don't know how this administration with a straight face can talk about the so- the important sovereignty of Ukraine while it's sending, you know, weapons, caches of weapons to Ukrainians to defend themselves while at the same time making a meal out of trying and an effort out of trying to disarm Americans while, our, while, while stating that our sovereignty is irrelevant. I just don't understand it. All the while lecturing us that we're paranoid because we want 
the Second Amendment to be maintained intact, intact for its original purpose, which is to protect us from harm. First harm and being during, from the government. That, fast and furious, we sent 12,000 firearms That's to Mexico. Right. That's right. Mike, thank you. Thank you very much. I am Seth Liebson. We will be right back. As we go to break, let me put in a word for Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies. I take it every single day, and you can too. If you go to order them at balanceofnature.com, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Pure, potent plant power, 100% natural, a blend of 16 whole fruits, 15 whole vegetables, all the good stuff, nothing added, third-party tested. My favorite product that I take has been... For the past three years that I've been taking it, it has kept me well. It has kept my immunity boosted. It has kept my energy up. It can do all that for you, too. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. For those of you looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y Refi. They are offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a collateralized, secure portfolio. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by great people who are doing great themselves by helping others, and you can be too. Helping others do what? Doing their best to dig out a debt the right way by helping them pay off their debts and doing so with dignity. Check them out online at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then R E F Y.com. Investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855 316. Three zero eight seven. Transgender debate. Uh, real world consequences. You bet. Jennifer Baceres and Fletcher uh, uh, Inez Fletcher Stepman, regular guest on this show, had a piece in the Wall Street Journal uh, this week. Uh, Joe Biden's Title IX rewrite is an assault on women's rights. They open by saying Title IX is a simple anti-discrimination mandate that prohibits federally funded educational institutions from discriminating on the basis of sex. Yet, without congressional authorization or other constitutional authority, the Biden administration is writing new Title IX rules to socially engineer every aspect of the educational experience, from student speech and school athletics to high school locker room use and relationships between and relationships between adult college students. The Biden rules are likely to roll back due process protections for students accused of sexual misconduct. Um, in perhaps the most sweeping change to federal law ever enacted by unelected bureaucrats, the administration's draft rules redefine sex to include gender and gender identity. This would require every educational institution that receives federal money to allow biological men into women's locker rooms, sororities, and other previously female-only spaces. Any school that attempts to prevent the next Leah Thomas from competing on a women's team will have its federal Funding snapped back under the same law that once required schools to increase athletic opportunities for who? Women and girls. The Biden rules would also limit the ability of parents to exempt their children from lessons on choosing one sex while empowering schools to transition children without receiving parental consent or even informing parents. Because the new rules both redefine sex to mean gender identity and carelessly expand the definition of harassment to include protected speech, schools are already punishing children who use biological pronouns to refer to their classmates. Folks, we're not paranoid. We're not paranoid. They're totalitarian. 
I have been quoting Eleanor McCann's cats all week. She's going to be our guest coming right up. Don't go away. We will be right back. 